Summer is just around the corner and I could not be more excited. Those warmer, sunnier days are calling, so fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to their menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh, Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals, which is so helpful for me, especially during those busy summer months. As you know, my mom and I, or at least me, are not great in the kitchen. I need to have things that are easy to cook and delicious and healthy. So Factor checks all those boxes for me. Make today the day you kickstart a healthy new routine. So what are you waiting for? With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. And treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle. You can choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well-balanced. Factor truly has it all. So head to factormeals.com slash barbknowsbest5050 and use barbknowsbest5050 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code barbknowsbest50 at factormeals.com slash barbknowsbest50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Barb Knows Best, the podcast. I am your co-host, Michelle Maros, and I am sitting across the table, as always, with my mom, Peaceful Barb. Hello, mom. Hi, Michelle. Hi, everyone. How's it going being you today? It's, it's been hectic the past few days, so, but it's, it's good. I understand that, you know, lots of things are going on in the world, lots of things are going on in life, but... Overall, being here on this podcast with you and this episode, I'm excited to record for everyone, is making me very happy right now. Is this your happy place? It is. Is this the happiest place on the internet? This is one of my very, very happy places, yes. I love it. So I'm really looking forward to diving into part two of our episode from last week. So if you did not listen to last week's episode perhaps hit pause and go back and listen to it because today will be a part two of last week's episode. Um, We started going through the list of my favorite lessons that I've learned from you in my whole life. It's very cool. I'm very honored. And it's a privilege being here week after week, being able to share our life experiences with each other, which we do all the time, 
but with everyone else in the world. So it's wonderful. Yeah. And so last week we got through four, you know, I presented this topic to my mom last week and I said, okay, I have a list of seven. I love an odd number thinking, will that even be enough to fill a whole episode? I don't know. Maybe it'll be a mini episode. Not sure. And as things go with us, we only got through four. And you were so funny as we were, I think when you saw that this was really taking very close to an hour already, I think you said almost toward the end of the episode, mom, we're going to make this a part two next week. So yeah. Um, All right. But it's, it's fun because you really um, flesh out each lesson in a way that I think people can put into practice somehow into their lives. So I'm here for it. So um, we have three more and I believe we have a a bonus. We do have a bonus. Hopefully we Uh, can get to it. Hopefully. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, So do you want to get into it? Yeah, sure. Let's go. All righty. Number five. Number five. Another one of my favorites. I would say this is a classic barbism. The present moment is where your power is. That is a classic barbism. It's so true. And I think most of us, most of us probably know that at some level, but I think most of the time we have a hard time figuring out how to stay in the moment, how to stay in the present moment. And why is the present moment where your power is? Because the present moment is our only, I'll repeat that, only opportunity to choose, only opportunity to actually affect our lives, to take an action, to notice what we're feeling and and give ourselves the break that we need in the moment or whatever that is. And I like to call that that the the greatest blessing that we have, or one of the greatest blessings, maybe I'll, I'll clarify with that, one of the greatest blessings that we have of being human beings, you know, there are lots of other beings on the planet, you know, animals and all those kinds of things. but the, Animal beings. Animal beings. But the greatest blessing of being human is our power of choice. And so we, we kind of, we truly give that up if we're spending more time than we think ruminating about the past or more time than we think worrying about the future. So we really are missing out on a great asset in our lives, that ability to choose, but we're also missing out on the power that we have to affect change or to do what it is that we need in any given moment. Yeah. And I said that this is one of my favorite lessons from you because, you know, people often ask me what it was like growing up with having a a mother who was so rooted in meditation and mindfulness from an early age. And did you teach me things or did you have me meditate or whatever the question like that might be. And you never pushed upon any of these practices, but you always stressed the importance of living in the present moment. And I just feel like that seed that was planted from an early age of even just being cognizant 
of when we're present and when we're not, or that even it's possible to be quote unquote, not living in the present moment, you know, having that awareness was, was really big for me. And, you know, one of, one of the things that I remember so much is you talking about the practice of mantra repetition as a way to be in the present moment. And I can just remember myself as like a young kid adopting that because it just, it felt like a nice way to start to train my brain. And I really do think, and I don't know if I've really reflected on it personally a ton, but thinking about it right now, I do feel like having having that planted in my mind from from early on, it's not easy, but I find that when I lose myself and leave the present moment, I I can be aware of it and kind of get myself back. And I'm really grateful for that. Wow. You're just going to make me cry. <laughs> it was so beautiful, Michelle. Did that make sense? It made perfect sense. I don't know. It all kind of came into my mind. In it this made perfect moment. sense. You know why it came to your mind this moment? Because I could feel like you were just speaking right directly from your heart. I could actually feel your energy of how important and what a great teaching this has been for you since you were a little girl. So I think that's really the, that's really the beauty of what we're talking about this episode and last week's episode is what are some of the things that you learned from a mother who's been meditating and following mindfulness practices and all that for as long as you've been alive. It's really, I love it so much to talk to, I love talking to you about it, but I love sharing it with all of our listeners that these are the benefits of all of the things that we put on social media, all the things we do in our workshops. These are all the benefits of what can happen when we're mindful. And that's really what mindfulness means, being present. And it just, I think the reason why that came to me in this moment is I kind of had a a flashback. (laughs) This is so random, but I just have a vivid picture in my mind of like, I think when I was in high school or maybe even middle school of being in a facial. And like, you know, I often find that in some of those moments of like getting a facial or getting a massage or even getting your nails done where it's quiet and you're not talking to people, but you're like, you're having doing something like your mind tends to just race and ruminate. Um, I remember like doing the mantra repetition during my facials as a kid. I was like, well, let's just try it out. And I don't know. I just, I really like that. I love that. (laughs) I like that journey for me. Um, And it's helped me because, you know, we talk so often about these things being practices and they, your practice will, will serve you when you practice it. And I think even just being open to repeating a, a affirmation, affirmation or a mantra, just because I didn't like that my mind would wander while I'm getting a facial can like fast forward to me being in my thirties and it popping up in really stressful times in my life. Like the threat of it is really interesting to me. Anything that we do, we can we can build good habits as well as bad habits. And I think that that's something we don't really often think about as human beings, that we actually can build good habits. 
just as easily as bad habits get built. And so if you're faithful to your practice, your practice will be faithful to you. And and I I thought that that's what you were trying to, but what you said was beautiful too. I think it's, it's that idea and what Michelle's talking about. If you haven't, if you don't have an affirmation or a mantra repetition practice, you know, the mind just goes, we've never been, we've never learned, we've never been taught. We've never learned how to train the mind. And I know that in the early days when I was talking about this, like 20 years ago, when I was doing those workshops at a local university, talking about training the mind, some people, it really kind of agitated them a little bit. They're like, what do you talk about? Mind training? Mind control? Mind control. I'm not interested in mind training, mind control. And I said, I'm talking about mind training and mind control that you have the power. And they looked at me and says, oh, you mean you're not trying to control me or you're not trying to, you know, and I said, no, the outside world controls us enough. We are, we are at the mercy of the outside world a lot. And our job is to try to not be at the mercy of the outside world and truly be in our own power when we can be. And the only place we can be in our own power is by choosing, is by understanding, is by being in the present moment, knowing moment to moment, what, what the moment is asking of us or what the moment is giving us or what we can even invite in in the moment, which is what you did with the mantra repetition, the affirmation repetition. You're inviting in a positive, helpful, useful, energizing affirmation or thought instead of allowing the mind to just run amok and think whatever it wants to do. And many times, if you'd let your mind just run amok, it's in the past or it's in the future. It's ruminating or it's worrying. So I really think to to really get that, that the mind likes to just run amok, really just likes to go. And so our power and kind of, I think our basic job in life is to be able to notice when the mind is doing that. Because when you stop the mind from doing that for just a second by introducing a positive affirmation or mantra or useful thought, it interrupts it all. And it changes the energy of everything in that moment. Can you give the visual, the story um, uh, of of what a ma- affirmation, mantra or affirmation, how it does help to train the mind? You yes. often give this in workshops. And I think it's a really helpful visual to understand to your point that it's not mind control or we're not, there's nothing nefarious in doing these practices. It's just how do we start to have a better influence of what happens inside of our own minds? Because that's where our power is. You started this whole number five off with that your power lies in the present moment. It's truly where our power is. And we, we rarely step into our power in the present moment because we're not even, we're not usually aware of it. So the visual that Michelle's talking about. So in ancient India, if you've seen any of the photos or you've watched any of the old Indian movies, the elephants used to run the roam the streets. I mean, elephants would be up and down the streets. So there was a there's a a fable where there was a huge festival in the middle of the streets there in India, in, let's just say in Delhi or wherever that was in India. And there's a huge festival. So if you can imagine, but you know, like a like a flea market or something like that. So all along the road, on each side of the road, lining the streets of of the of India, were these you know crafts and foods vendors. and vendors and all the things lining up. And then so the parade, so to speak, or the elephants and maybe the little carriages and all the things would be going down the street. And so in order, elephants' trunks like to just move. Just like our mind, our mind goes and goes and goes and goes. An elephant's trunk just goes and goes and goes and goes. It, 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 
goes from one side to the other side, goes up and goes down. It's just constantly moving. And so what the mahout does, the rider of the elephant, what the mahout does is he gives the elephant a stick. So if you ever watch a movie again, or if you ever look at photos, you'll usually see the elephant. If it's in a place where the mahout is worried that the elephant will knock things down or make a mess or cause a disaster, the elephant will be holding a stick. And so you see the trunk, trunk in its trunk. You'll see the trunk of the elephant. I know I'm making all these visuals with my hand and I'm realizing <laughs> that none of you are going to see this, but just try to imagine the elephant, the majestic, gorgeous elephant. They're my favorite animals is walking down the street. The vendors are all lined up and his trunk is in the up position holding the stick. And so the stick is what keeps the trunk from making a disaster of the festival, of the parade. And so that's how I have always visualized the mantra or our affirmation repetition. The mantra or the affirmation repetition is the stick. It is the object that we bring into the mind when the mind is running amok, when it's just going and going and going and it's ruminating in the past and worrying about the future and we're feeling very stressed and very worked up. We give the mind a stick. We give the mind a positive, useful, beneficial affirmation or mantra repetition for that moment because it brings us back to the present moment. It intercepts all of those. The, the mantra and affirmation are inter- thought interceptors. If you could think of it that way, it intercepts the negative, harmful thoughts that we're thinking. So that's a really beautiful visual that has served me for decades. And I think if you can really start to understand that the mind's never been trained, so it doesn't know any better. So we're really here to, you know, make, there's a, there's a saying that the mind can be your worst enemy or your best friend. It can be your worst enemy or your greatest ally. And so I believe for me, my greatest task in life is learning to make my mind my greatest ally. And, and, and I just want to say, and it, and it goes right in alignment with what you said, Michelle, that when you practice when you don't need it, when you practice while you're having a facial and lying there and just really being annoyed with your mind, just going and going and going. I'm going to practice this affirmation repetition or this mantra repetition. When you practice when you don't need it, when you're not feeling stressed or when you're not in the middle of turmoil or trauma, it truly can come to you because you're building a a good habit. It can come to you when you are in a place of need. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, And that practice of repeating affirmations or mantra is giving your mind that stick you know, if we let our minds run rampant or whatever it wants to do, it'll write stories, it'll worry, it'll ruminate about the past of things we said yesterday or things we did when we were kids or mistakes that we made um, or have anxiety about what's going to happen in the future. Are we going to do the things we want to do in our life? You know, all of those things that we worry about. And what I love so much about this lesson about the present moment is where your power is, is that having our minds spend so much time having remorse about things in the past or worrying about things in the future don't actually change any any bit or aspect of how our, our life unfolds. It's really just a waste of our own mental energy and thought process. 
it's, it's literally like the trunk of the elephant just flailing about making a mess and wreaking havoc. And, you know, whatever tool or sense of awareness that you can cultivate to notice when your mind is doing that and to have it hold that stick so that you can be in the present and like, okay, you know, I didn't like that mistake that I made a week ago, but what can I do right now in this moment to find peace or to choose differently or to, to do better? I think that is the real power because the only place that you can actually choose differently or do differently is right now. So I really love that visual of the stick and the elephant. And the more that we can start to practice, like I, I promise it will serve you. It's so beautifully said, Michelle, because what, what you just said truly is power. Everything that you just said, when you can notice that your mind is running down a path of extreme worry or anxiety or fear, if you can just take that pause for a moment and just come back to the present moment. And I think what I love what you said last week is all these kind of all weave together, come back to the present moment and be where your feet are. And then you, you honestly, you start to get more connected to your body. That's one of my promises to you. When you really start to be present, you start to notice, wait, my mind is running away with me. Let me take a deep breath and repeat, you know, a positive affirmation or one of the things that really touches me deeply and come back to the moment. You start to feel it in your body. You feel relief. What yeah. greater power can there be in life than feeling anxious or fearful and having the power to give yourself, give yourself, not waiting for someone out in the outside world to give you the relief, giving yourself the relief in that moment. And I think everything that we share here truly, truly, truly is you're doing it as best you're able. And not being a perfectionist about it, not be, not causing more anxiety and more stress because you allowed your mind to run amok or that you didn't, you got even more and more fearful or whatever it is that's happening. So really just being gentle and caring of yourself as best you're able. We're going to, we're going to use this practice of coming back to the present moment because this is where your power is. Yeah. And I had a situation a few years ago that was like top five worst things ever to happen in my life. And I was extremely stressed and afraid and overwhelmed and, you know, all of the things. And my mind was racing. Um, and I had all of the elements that you're talking about of like physically feeling um, uncomfortable and stressed and worried. And then my mind going in all these different directions of writing stories and all of the things. And, you know, that practice of the affirmation or mantra repetition popped into my mind and it, it, it is, it serves you when you need it. And it helped me to be in a, a place where I was present and not even that it made the situation that I was in okay. It wasn't okay, but I wasn't making it worse by doing whatever I was doing in my mind or my body. Um, it made me feel like like this inner sense of strength. I'm like, all right, well, I got this. And and it it gives it like it's that fortification from within 
to then when you look back at life, you're like, wow, I really got through things that I never thought that I would be able to get through. But it's that power that you have from within, from being present and not letting like your mind wreak havoc on your life. Um, I don't know. I just, that's like really where the power is. I love what you just said, Michelle, what came to me and I could, we could use this to wrap this one up because you're right. We might need a part three. <laughs> no, but no, I know. Uh, but what came to me when you said that was so profound, you know, we can't escape suffering in life. There is suffering in life. We are going to suffer. We are going to have joy and we are also going to suffer. That is just the way life is. But we don't have to add to our own suffering. And that's what you said. Yeah. It didn't make the situation okay. And I can't wait till you share all the details of that one day, because this is the one of the more powerful things that I know it was one of the most terrible things that happened, but it was one of the most powerful things that really transformed your life. So I can't wait till one day that you share this because I love what you just said so much that, that we're going to suffer, but we don't need to add to our own suffering. And that's what happened for you in that moment. And that's what we're trying to say with this, that if you can just give your, use this thought interceptor, Use the mantra as and the, or the uh, affirmation repetition as the thought interceptor. That's your power. When you can do that, when you can intercept the thoughts and say, wait a minute, bring me back here to the present moment. I have all the strength and all the power that I need to weather this storm, whatever it is. I can do this. And that's what you're saying. And I just love this so much. I can do this. I've got this. I am enough in this moment and I can handle this suffering. It's not going to last forever. No feeling is ever final. I can handle this for this moment and not pile on. Yeah. I love it. You know, it's like that when we say for affirmations, all is well. That wasn't, that's not for me the, the mantra that pops up in stressful times. But I think that would have been one where, you know, people would say is really, is all is well in this moment? No, but that's not the point of it. It's just to, to repeat it so that you can know that, you know, you're in this present moment of whatever might be happening and all is well within so that you can handle it. Yeah. You can handle all is well means see, that's why I handle say it. peace, which I said, I think in the last episode, all is well, all of these things are why their power is because you're affirming it's what affirmation is. It's an affirming knowing of a phrase or a word that really is what you have inside of you. Like the truth is that you've got this. You can handle the suffering. You can handle the storm. It is not going to last forever. This too shall pass. All of those things that you hear, they're not for you to become, oh, well, it's okay. I have to pretend like this is okay. Or, you know, it's not for you to to deny what's happening in the moment and to truly deny your feelings. No, feel your feelings of suffering, which I believe you did beautifully. You talk, when you tell that whole story, feel the feelings of suffering, but also know that you're enough in this moment and that you can handle it. And that's the power of being in the present moment because the past and the future don't give you that luxury of feeling your power. Yeah, love it. Let's take a break. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And we're back. So the next lesson, lesson number six. This is another classic barbism for me in my life. I, I feel like I'm having a lot of nostalgia in this list, especially this half of the list, because I can picture you saying these things to me in my mind when I was a kid, um, which is always fun. Um, so number six is, I'm going to say it harshly, but then I'm going to explain what it means because this is kind of how you said it to me as a kid, but don't be a victim. And I think what that meant and what you mean, and you'll you know flush it out in a more eloquent way, is like you, you might be victim you may be victimized in life. You most likely will have something, bad things happen to you, but that doesn't get, that doesn't mean that it names who you are. And, you know, just because other people harm us or do bad things to us or cause us great pain doesn't get to change who we are and how we live our lives and and how we, the lens through which we look through life. You did a beautiful job with that, Michelle. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, don't be a, sorry, don't be a victim. Um, oh no, I just totally lost my train of thought. Go ahead. It'll come well, to I me. Think, I think why this was so important to me, and I think I started saying that to you when you were really, really young. So I can imagine yeah. why this is nostalgic and brings you back to your childhood. My mind in this one is in our first house in Coral Springs. Yeah, I do remember. Because here's the deal. I know we all have been victimized in some way, shape, or form, some to some greater degree, some to some lesser degree. So I know for me, I've talked about going through this divorce, and I know for me back in 2022, there were many times when I was feeling like a victim. And I know for me, when I allow myself to take on the title of I am a victim, I start feeling sorry for myself. I start losing my power. I start thinking I'm not enough. I start losing all of the strength that I have within me to weather the storm of getting a divorce after 33 years. And so any of you listening right now, so, and I think I've shared the sexual abuse that I endured as a child from, from, from childhood. So, I mean, I've, I've had a lot of situations where I could say I'm a victim, but I don't want to take the title of being a victim because a victim is not who I am. So when I take on that title, I start to be, uh, I start to lose my power. I start to feel a little helpless. I start to feel like I'm not enough. And so I think it's really, really important to distinguish that because I feel like when you take on the title that I am a victim, instead of saying I have been victimized, I feel like you're giving away your power. For me, I'm giving away my power. And it doesn't mean that we can't feel bad. It doesn't mean that we don't cry. It doesn't mean that we aren't suffering. I can name many, many times throughout my life where I've been suffering as a result of being victimized. But I've never taken that on as my title. And I think what you said also, Michelle, you know, no one or nothing in life has the power to name who you are. 
So when you take on when you take on a title, I'm a victim, you're naming who you are. At least in that moment, and I believe for me, anyway, my experience has been it lingers. I act like a victim. I walk around like a victim. Even my head might be drooping a little bit. Or I can remember this in 2022. I'd walk in your door with a cup with the coffee. We were doing that, you know, all the time. Here's your coffee. And you'd say, Are you all right today? I'd say, Yeah, why? And you'd say, I don't know. I just kind of feel your energy feels. And after I would leave your apartment, I would think, Yeah, I'm feeling really down today. Not because I was sad or not because of what happened. It was, I was feeling sorry for myself. I was feeling like, why is this happening to me? This should not be happening to me. Poor me. (laughs) And it doesn't even, and that's what I love about life as best you're able. Of course, we're going to fall into those feelings sometimes of feeling sorry for ourselves. We're not perfect. But the moment I started saying, why is my life such a mess? How is this happening to me? Oh my gosh. In the moment I thought, Barb, this is life. And it's very sad and it's, and you are suffering. And so feel the feelings so that you can stay in your power. And as you were saying that, it also reminded me what, I'm curious if, if you'll remember this, what was your least favorite thing that I would say as a kid to you? <laughs> Wow. I'm really putting you on the spot. No, it's okay. Cause I feel like I should know this, especially if it's my least favorite. Sometimes the negative is really well, top because of my- I, I don't say it because again, it's so ingrained in my mind of like, I didn't want to hear it. Don't say this. <laughs> don't ever say that. And it's, it goes in alignment with this concept of not being a victim. Oh, it's kind of on the tip of my tongue. I can actually feel it and I can kind of see it, but I can't name it. Say it. We might be here another hour. (laughs) Oh, shoot. You're going to say it. I'd be like, oh, shoot. I knew that. I would say it a lot. I know. And you would get so, you're like. I can feel it in my body. I don't know why I can't name the word. I don't know if I ever say it now as an adult. I can't wait to hear it. Um, I don't know. It's three words. I don't know. Honestly, now now it's gone past the, now I'm sitting here saying, okay, we got to move on with this episode. You see, this yeah. is what the mind does. It hijacks you. Instead of me staying present and thinking, what was that word? My You're mind- worried about that episode. My, yeah, my mind hijacked the whole She's thing. She's worried about you listeners. Yeah. Isn't, She's very caring. Isn't that what we're here for is to teach, like to, to become aware. I, you know, I believe so strongly. We're all here to wake up and become aware. And the moment I become aware and I can name- wow, my mind just hijacked me into worry because these listeners don't want to hear about me saying, I don't know, I don't remember. Um, it's really fascinating. I just love, I, I love, this is one of my top loves in life is becoming aware, mm-hmm. especially becoming aware when my mind hijacks me or my mind plays a role and I'm doing something or saying something that's not in alignment. So say it. That's not fair. Oh my gosh. How did Or I- it's not fair. <gasps> Oh, you're so right. Oh my gosh. How did I not know that? And what did, what, what did I say to you like in later in life? Not in the beginning, because I don't think I thought of this in the beginning, but what did I say when you were a little bit older? Like life's not fair? Well, I did say that, but I think I got really, really cute and funny later. I, I think I said something like, didn't I say a fair is where you see cotton candy and no, never. I've never heard this before. A fair is where you take your pigs and you do all those fun things at fairs. Oh, 
I think I was teaching that maybe at workshops then, because I do, <laughs> I do, I can vividly see No, yes, the I child can, did not get the, the lovely image <laughs> of pigs at a fair. I Thank can, you. I could actually see a slide that I prepared for a workshop. So perhaps, yeah, that's not fair. It's such a victim. Thing I, to but say. I, and I think that I would say that a mm-hmm. lot. You would a lot to you as a kid. You would. And, and what would I say back? I want to say something to the degree of like, well, life isn't fair. And, and then the don't be a victim. That's life why is- I feel like it kind of came together for me mm-hmm. because and to go back to the first lesson that we talked about last week, you know, you can't control things that are going to happen in the outside world. Things are going to happen. People are going to disappoint you or do bad things or life is going to be unfair. But it, I think what you were always trying to teach me for me to just like complain about it. Oh, it's not fair. It's not fair. You know, whatever that didn't serve me or help me or teach me anything. I was just complaining. And I think that's always what I took in about the victim thing to not wallow in a situation where I felt helpless, but rather figure out whatever it is I needed to figure out in the situation and either overcome it or become stronger from it or learn something from it or not let it overpower my life. I think what I want to say in this moment about that is so profound and I just want to say, she was never being mean. No, like it no. was never like, oh, life isn't fair. Like buckle up kids, no. <laughs> put on your big girl pants. I think what I want to say about this, cause I think this is really giving me goosebumps that the reason, the reason complaining about life is not fair or complaining about being a victim, it takes you, the reason it takes you out of your power is it takes you out of your feelings. Life is not fair is not a feeling. Being a victim is, okay, what's the feeling underneath it? So I think as a kid, I used to say to you, what's happening right now, Michelle, that's making you feel that life is not fair? Don't just say that blanket thing. What, what is it? What's going on? What happened? Let's get to the feelings of it. Because when we can get to the feelings of it, we can name the feelings that are underneath life is not fair. I feel like a victim. Then we can actually know what to do. That's where we get our power. That's where we get everything in life. So it's not about, you know, stop complaining. It's really about when you start to feel like life is not fair, instead of repeating that narrative, life is not fair, and then starting to feel sorry for yourself or just going down a rabbit hole of life is not fair, just intercept that with, wait a minute, what am I feeling right now? Why am I feeling like life is not fair? Why am I feeling like a victim? What has happened in this moment that is causing me to feel this way? And so I was, did that a lot in 2022. And I would say, oh, what's happening in this moment is you are really sad. You're, you're getting divorced after 33 years. You are sad. This has really been hard to take. It's sad because the minute you name it, then you can like go on. Like you, you own your power. You, okay, this is what's going on, but it is sad, but it's also what has to happen. So it's very fascinating, I think, to understand that when you start whining, complaining, or taking the title of something that is not actually who you are, not only do you lose your power, you're you're losing your ability to be able to feel your feelings and do something about it, which is what you said earlier as well. That's where you can actually do something about feeling like a victim or feeling like life isn't fair. And again, as you were speaking and I was feeling like I was reflecting on my life and my childhood. 
I think I used to be like a really chronic complainer. I don't think you were a chronic complainer, I Michelle. I complained a lot. But can I, I think, I think you had a thing about not feeling your feelings. It was and overwhelming. The way you said it, yeah. It was overwhelming to you to feel your feelings. It's hard. This is really hard. Hey, I was bulimic. What do you think bulimia is? I don't want to feel anything. So, <laughs> so what? The, you know, I get it. I did not want to feel my feelings. I had no idea what I was feeling ninety percent of the time back then. I had no idea. I just kept pushing through and pushing through and pushing through. Back in the day before I went into treatment, so we. It's really hard to be brave. I'm not saying that we're weak. I'm saying that it's hard. It is very hard to feel our feelings. It is very hard. It's very, it's a very courageous thing to do to say, wait a minute, I'm feeling like a victim. I'm feeling like life is not fair. What am I actually feeling? Because that's not a feeling. The feeling is underneath all of that. So it's hard. Yeah. Um, I think of my, I, I would define myself as a complainer in my younger years. And I really don't think that I complain too often as an adult. No, you Do don't. I? And don't no, take on the title no, of being I, a complainer. I have a point. Okay. Let me get to the point. <laughs> you know point. me. I don't like taking on titles not, of things that are not true. I think, you know, the, it's not fair thing, but I, it was instilled in me to not dwell in that kind of thinking. And I don't find myself falling into that trap of complaining or woe is me kind of mentality. I mean, of course it happens, but I don't live there. No, you don't. And I really find a lot of strength and empowerment from within to not live there. Um, it was my point. I'm not labeling myself as a complainer, but I think I, I would whine or complain and all of that stuff. I love that. You know, you said something really powerful. Of course, we're going to feel like a victim. Of course, we're going to feel like life isn't fair. Of course, we're going to feel all these things. And then we get down into what we're actually feeling. And I love what you just said. The power lies in not living there, understanding it, feeling the feelings, allowing it to move through us. And now what do we want to do? Now we take an action because we don't want to live in that. But do you see how wise that is? We actually get to make the choice. We actually get to say, not going to live in this victimhood mentality or this life is not fair mentality. So where, where do I actually want to be? What am I feeling? And what, what small step can I take in this moment to get out of this feeling that I'm a victim? Even though I've been victimized, I'm never saying that we haven't been victimized. Of course. So. I love it. And number seven. Number seven, the relationship that you cultivate with yourself is the most important relationship you can have, a.k.a. become your own best friend. If you think about it, relationships are everything in life. Everyone talks about relationships. We're all in relationship with everything. We're in relationship with people. We're in relationship with things. We're in relationship with nature. We're in relationship with everything. We have a relationship with everything. So if we don't have a strong, loving, really caring, kind relationship with ourself, how do we think that's going to translate in the world? It's For me, it translates because I didn't. I, had, I didn't even know what that even meant. Somebody said that to me 40 years ago. What's the relationship you have with yourself? I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? I had no idea. So it's really fascinating and very interesting to think about 
How do we take little baby steps? What kind of relationship do we have with ourselves really to actually ask yourself that question and understanding that when you come from a place of a relationship with yourself and knowing the relationship that you have with yourself, it is the foundation of everything that you're going to do in your life. If you're kind and considerate to yourself, you're going to be more patient with others. So I, I just think that it's vital to begin today as best you're able to start looking at the relationship that you have with yourself and what are some small baby steps that you can take to start cultivating loving kindness, to start cultivating compassion, start cultivating patience, start cultivating trust. I didn't trust myself and I didn't trust anyone else either back in the day. So it's very interesting. Start cultivating acceptance. Start cultivating curiosity. I'm a very curious person today because I like to use curiosity as a way of learning. If I make a mistake or if I say something that I wish I hadn't said, I use, I, I'm very play, I try to be very playful with myself. Not perfect. I try to be very playful. Okay, so what, what just happened here? And I get really curious about what could I, what, what are some of the choices that I could have made? Or how could I have said that? So it's really, really, really important. And you're right. That's what you talk about this a lot, becoming your own best friend. And that's, you know, the mind, which we just talked about a few minutes ago, but it's also that idea of we have to be able to take care of ourselves. We truly cannot be dependent on the outside world of things or people to take care of us. They can add to our happiness. They can add to our lives, which they do tremendously. But they can't be the ultimate, they're taking care of me in all the ways that we want to be taken care of or they're meeting all my needs. We have to be able to be our own best friend and take care of ourselves. I agree. And, and I this is such a powerful lesson to learn because how can we expect to be the people who we want to be in relationships with others, if we can't even extend any of that to ourselves, you know, it is such a interesting practice to kind of zoom out in your life and think about the way that we talk to ourselves and ask ourselves, would we say that to our best friend or to our kids or to, you know, a loved one? I don't think so. <laughs> Hopefully not. So why do we think that we are deserving of that kind of treatment from ourselves? And, you know, life is hard enough. The world is crazy enough. Why would we ever want to adopt a lifestyle that can make life harder on ourselves? And so for me, that's the real practice and journey of like self-love and self-care of like, treating myself like I would treat someone who I really love and not being so hard on myself when I make a mistake or do something cringe or embarrassing or not being so critical of things about myself that I wish were different because that's only adding to the difficulty of an already difficult life. Why would any of us want to do that? It's because we're not aware and, and trying to understand. And that's what I love about our podcast. That's what I love about sharing all of the conversations that you and I have all the time. It's very 
it's very much a learning and an understanding and becoming aware and what can I do differently or why is it so important? Because this idea of taking care of ourselves and loving, having such loving kindness and patience with ourselves is going to give us the fortitude and the ability really to take care of others or to do things for others or to be kind to others or to relieve the suffering of other people. You know, I've shared this before. I don't know if I've shared it on the podcast, but I've certainly shared it in my life and in some of the work I've done. When I went on my very first week-long retreat in silence with uh, Vietnamese master Thich Nhat Hanh, one of the things he said to us as we were leaving the retreat when he gave his closing talk back in 1994, he said, every day relieve the suffering of one person. And I remember, it's almost going to make me cry now. I remember thinking, wow, what a life well lived if I could actually relieve the suffering of another human being, because it really is what I, giving and caring and taking care and all of that stuff is really my thing. What is it? My jam. Um, It's so fascinating. And then as I thought about it all the way home on the plane and thought about it all these years later, it, it doesn't have to be monumental. It doesn't mean that you fly to Africa and have to go work in a village. It mean, it could mean that, and that's phenomenal. But it could mean that you just go into the post office during the holiday time and smile at the person behind the desk, which is what I did once in Colorado. And she started to cry a little bit. She goes, this is the nicest anyone's been to me today. It's been a really hard day. That's what that means. It just means do one nice thing. Hold the door for someone who's fumbling to come out of the grocery store, whatever it is, whatever it is, someone doesn't take their cart back in the parking lot and you take it back or just, it doesn't have to be huge. It can be just that one little small act. And that's what he meant. He meant just do one thing that helps relieve the suffering. So I think if we can do that, we can think to do that. We also have to do that for ourselves. So if you think about doing that one little small thing for yourself and suffering right now, what could I do for myself? And I thought about that a lot, especially in this past year. I thought, what's the best thing that I could do for myself right now? And often it was to cancel a meeting or it was just to make myself a nice dinner, whatever it was. It was just really to do something or go for a walk, you know, whatever it was to take myself out of the environment that I felt like I might've been in in that moment and did something nice and fun for myself. I love it. And I I think that that quote that he would say at the end of their retreat to relieve the suffering of someone every day, it can always be you as well. Absolutely. Or it can be an animal. It could be anything, you know, relieve the suffering. Sometimes we, I think for many, I would assume many of the listeners here were, we tend to be caregivers for everyone else, always trying to help everyone and, maybe not as often put it back on ourselves. So if you're someone that's like, oh, I've I've helped everyone, but have you also maybe taken the time to relieve your own suffering too? Or an animal. <laughs> or anything, yeah. 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 Or anything. Well, Beautiful. I love it. And you shared with me a lesson that you've learned within like this past year. That's um, our little bonus powerful lesson. You're looking at me like, you don't know what I'm talking about. No, I love it. I like surprises. So we're giving you like a bonus. I like surprises. So number eight, um, to choose your battles and your peace is more important than being right all the time. 
Yeah, I like your I, I like your surprises. No, I, it is one. I feel like I've learned a lot this year, so I was trying to think which one is she going to talk about. And it's not the point to always keep learning and growing and becoming. So, peace is more important than being right. I, whenever we're feeling a lack of control, for me, uh, every time I share something, it's my own experience for sure. When I'm feeling a lack of control, then I really get dug into being right. You know, being righteous. Why doesn't everyone see that what I'm saying and what I'm thinking and what I want to do is right? It is the right thing to do. And sometimes when we feel like we're out of control or just sometimes we feel like we're right all the time, we, we, we use that a lot and we pick battles that are not necessary. We are wasting our energy. We're using our precious energy. We're, we're answering the invitation from everybody around us to join this fight or to join this battle, or to join this confusion, or to join this chaos, join this trauma. We're invited to all that stuff all the time. I think sometimes we're not aware, but I know, you know, life is, life is wild out there sometimes. So there is chaos and battles and all the things going on all the time. So it's really important to know what is worth my energy and my time and my presence right now in this moment. And if someone has a different opinion in mine, of my, than mine or they want to do something differently, even if I think it might not be the right thing to do or the best thing to do, I will just keep quiet. It's not always my place, especially if I, if I can feel, especially if it's a conversation of three or four. I just was in this situation recently, conversation of several people. And I certainly had an opposite opinion of everyone else in the conversation, totally opposite and I started to say something and something inside of me said, you know what, it, this is not, you don't need to join this battle. You don't need to join this conversation. And I was so happy that I didn't. I was so happy that I just sat back and listened. And when the conversation was kind of starting to, you know, phase out, you know, all the things that everyone was saying had been said and they were all in alignment with each other. I just said, okay, I, we, let's talk about this. Or it was some fun thing. Like, what are we going to do when school is out and we can actually, you know, relax for the summer or whatever it was? I can't remember what I said, but I remember it being something lighthearted because that conversation was pretty heavy. And I was so happy when I got home. I thought, you know, I could have really joined that conversation. And I think I would have been ruminating about how I wish I hadn't. So it's really just under listening to your body, listening to what's happening inside of you and choosing, choosing your battles wisely, using your power and using your energy to step into a place where it's necessary, where you actually are going to feel, even if it doesn't go your way, you're going to feel good about stepping in. So just being aware, because sometimes I'll not feel good about stepping in, like I was just saying, and I felt really good about not stepping in this particular situation a few days ago. So I love that lesson because it is very empowering to, there's that quote, you know, you don't have to attend every fight you're invited to or something like that. Yeah. And it's true. And I think that's the art of discernment of where to expend your energy and where to let it go and where to just let it be. And I think that's really powerful. And I think you started this bonus teaching off with peace is more important than being right. Peace is your power. You're, 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 I think when we really start to get that when we lose our power, the mind goes ballistic, the agitation in the mind for me is off the charts. 
when I'm out of my power, when I'm out of my centeredness, when I'm out of alignment with myself. My mind is really, really agitated. So peace is your power. So if being right all the time, just think about that. If you're, if that's a thing with you that you have to be right, you have to be right. You have to, I would just suggest sitting down and quiet with yourself for a minute or two and figuring out what is it about being right? That's so important. And I think for me, most of the time when I've asked myself that question, it goes back to my own self-worth. Am I enough? Do I, wait a minute, I, I am right here. Or it also goes back to, you know, this is really something that I'm very, very passionate about. I need to see that. You start to de- delineate. If it's something you're really passionate about, you know, human rights, civil rights, all the rights that are out there right now, th- we're not saying abdicate those situations. Of course. We're saying really to choose wisely. So I feel like I end up having more power for the things that matter most to me when I don't step into the ring of every battle that's presented to me. So peace, remember peace is power. So your power, your, your sanity, your being able to go home at night. See, that's the thing people used to say to me all the time. I'm so, I've got so many things going on all day long and I'm putting out so many fires all day long and I go home and I snap at, I snap at my partner or I snap at my kids or I'm just, I don't have any energy left. I don't have any wherewithal now to even know what to say or what to do. And I always say, yes, that happens. So as best you're able, look at your day, reflect on your day and see where you stepped into things that you didn't really need to. And that took your, that took your energy, that took your power and save that for the things that matter most like family and friends and the things that are important to you in life. So that you have all of, so you have, so you have everything for the long haul. And that's where I would like to close. Like we're here in this lifetime for, you know, actually a a short amount of time for the most part. I mean, it's not with the way we feel like time is going by so quickly. People are always saying that today, you know, time is really moving fast. We're here for not that long. And we want to be here for the long haul in our full presence, in our full power, in our full loving kindness to ourselves and others. So that's why this is a bonus. (laughs) I think it's really important to choose where you want to step in so that you can preserve your power and your presence. Well, and I, I think that it might not have been, people wouldn't have guessed that that would have been something that you would need to learn. And I think that we're all learning these kinds of lessons as life presents different challenges and opportunities. And I just think it's very powerful. And so thank you for sharing that. You're so welcome. Thank you. And thanks for, this for teaching episode. us all and being such a bright light. For, for all of us. We all are these bright lights for each other. Thank you. <laughs> Thank this was you. A, this was a beautiful two-part episode. I'm yes, really, I loved it. I can't wait to listen to it over and over again. Yeah, I feel very happy. Well... Thank you so much, Mom. And thank you so much to you, our fabulous listeners, for being with us another week. We're so grateful for all of you. And it's such a joy to be with you every single episode. If you haven't yet, please make sure you're liked and subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, and give us a five-star review if that feels aligned for you. We'd greatly appreciate it. If you'd like to stay in touch with us, ask us questions, give us future podcast topic requests, connect with us on social media at Peaceful Barb, at Michelle Maros, and at Barb Knows Best Pod. 
Lastly, have you had a chance to check out our very cute and cozy Barb Knows Best, the podcast merch? It is available now and we are loving seeing the orders come through. Send us photos. We love it. So if you haven't had a chance yet, check it out and let us know what you think. Thanks so much again for listening. We will chat with you next week because as we know, Barb knows best. Bye. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.